on this episode of Quantum Week, August 25th through 31st, 1991. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I lead to a random week of a random year. <laughs> We talk about movies, music, headlines, hodgepodge stories, and today we what are. What was that in, noise you made? <laughs> what did I? What, tell me the noise. You like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like noise. Are you uh, I don't know. My nose is really itchy. I don't know. Do I? You made it like. Very. That sound like Nixon. That sound like a Nixon impression. What am I? It was not a good noise. Well, maybe I'll cut it out if it's that bad. But no, uh, you should leave it in now. We're talking about it. So. So what, what oh we yeah. Doing? Where are we now again? Uh, August 25th through 31st, 1991, and we're talking Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and I Do It For You, which is the Brian Adams song for Prince of Thieves and his album. Uh, but before that, live show tickets are still on sale. Yes. Live show is uh, November 20th up here in uh, Dover, New Hampshire at the Strand Theater. Um, go to quantum-week.com and get your tickets there. Yeah, you're hearing this. We're taping this probably like a week early. Yeah. You're over halfway, so maybe by the time you hear this, we'll be, I don't know. A little bit further than that. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so get, get the tickets now. Yeah, please. Mark. <laughs> yeah, dot, 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 please. Uh, yeah, we're going to be doing Fargo. Uh, we're going to be figuring out what we're going to do for this song. We haven't decided that yet. Yeah, there's some. I got to look through it. A couple options. Yeah, I, there's, a, there's a few that would work. Um, but I'm, I'm going to look at some of the other the extended um, charts just to see what else is out there. But it'd be a fun, it'd be a fun night out, uh, 7.30 p.m., uh, November 20th, uh, Dover, New Hampshire. And then, um, you know, we'll go out afterwards, have a good time. And then, uh, but you can get dinner before. And it's, tons of, it's right downtown Dover. There's tons of restaurants around. So you can go grab dinner, come see the show, or go out for a drink or two or three or four after and uh, have fun. Sounds good. Yes. Uh, and then you were going to talk about what is next week. Oh, yeah. Because we're in 91 this week, right? They've been in like the late eighties. We've been in the 80s, early nineties yeah, for a long for, time. Now it's starting like month. Again. Yeah, um, we're not not anymore. Okay, um, we're leaving that little nexus. We're going to more modern. One of our most modern episodes. And Laura looked it up. It's the first time ever we're going to twenty fourteen. Okay. Yeah, I know we've done twenty fifteen. Yes, and I know we've done twenty thirteen as well. Yes. Um, so uh, twenty fourteen, August twenty fourteen, the Patreon movie. I'm kind of cheating. It was eleventh that week, but it never hit the top ten. Yeah. Uh, Boyhood. Okay, cool. I haven't uh, seen it, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And then the number one movie, which is what we're covering, going Marvel, baby. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. There it is. Never seen this. Oh, Guard- you haven't? And this is the I've first one, right? Yeah, okay. Guardians of the Galaxy. So that'll be... <laughs> Little Chris Pratt. Yep. Up in ya. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, maybe. Another strange math thing. Uh, yeah, so... Okay, that'll be interesting. Yeah, so Guardians of the Galaxy, Boyhood, um, that'll be uh, next week. So, um, And uh, the Patreon this week is Dead Again, which is an interesting film. Um, Kenneth Branagh, um, I saw it, my God, like when I was in college. Uh, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, uh, but I'm actually excited to watch it again. I said, I think Robin Williams is a small part in it. Um, but it's, I remember it being a really interesting movie. I think there might be a lot of stuff for us to discuss. So that, that should be a, a good one. Um, but yeah, so today we're talking about, I mean, this is a huge movie. Yeah, Terminator 2. Uh, and right off the bat, I'm going to say this. I love this movie. I love seeing it again. I haven't seen it in 20 years. Uh, it's one of the best action sci-fi. I mean, one of the best action films. Great sci-fi film. It's got pretty much everything I want in this type of film. How'd you feel about it? Um, and I know you're cranky, 
So don't let that. I am cranky. Don't let that infuse into the movie. No, <laughs> into I haven't seen this movie enough time. I've, so I have seen it more recently than you. Every time I see this movie, I like it a little less. Ah, that's too bad. It's like three percent less every time. I, every time I see it, um, uh, eh, there's just every time. It's you know, familiarity breeds contempt, um, which is a common theme here on Quantum Week. Sure. Um, both between me and Matt, and uh, dealing with these movies we see over <laughs> and over again. Uh, but I mean, it's just. It's a new chapter. You start to notice. <laughs> Close the book. Uh, you start to notice um, the holes more. You know, because you, the things that wow you don't, for two reasons, don't wow you anymore. One thing is the special effects. The yes. special effects, some of them do hold up. Really well. Some of them don't hold up at all, really oh, poorly. It, but, but this is 91. I really I forgive understand. it. I really forgive it. That, well, okay, that's your choice. But it's still in 2021. Some of them look cartoonish and stupid. Some of it looks amazing even now. Yeah. I'm not, look, this movie won four Oscars. Yes. It was nominated for six, all, you know, all the, the four, all the four won. It, it, did get, it did get a Best Cinematography nomination. But uh, the four, the one, right, were all tech awards. Um, this, I saw this movie, you know, when it came out, this was a technical marvel. Yes. So I'm not, you know, we talked about this with Abyss as well. Abyss was a technical marvel. Um, but some of the effects in Abyss didn't hold up, but some did. Yes, of course. Same thing here. Right. Um, you know, this more, more holds up. So I'm not, Shitting on it at all. Is it mostly the liquid Terminator it's, that you have a problem with? Uh, when the gunshots, like, especially in the first oh, act, when you're yeah. shooting Robert yeah. Patrick, it looks yeah. like it's really bad. Yeah. It's funny how the, the effects actually get better as the movie goes on, which is bizarre. Um, but look, you know, having, you know, but, but having said that though, I got to be honest, and this is, you know, we do the show, and it's, an, and I'm guessing a lot of people listening to this have seen Terminator 2 at least once, if not a number of times. And, or, you know, if you watch it now, the effects don't hold up as well. So when that happens and you've seen the movie a bunch and the kind of the plot twist or whatever, the plot alone, you're very familiar with. It's also a pretty simple. It is a very simple. I mean, yeah. and so, and so we'll get into one of the major holes of it too. Um, it, it doesn't, so that's not going to, you know, wow you either. You're not kind of on the edge of your seat with suspense because you just know it's going to happen because you've seen it a bunch of times. Happened with you the town too. The, right. you, you weren't blown away by the, the stunts anymore. And, uh, you know. And, and, and you start to see the cracks inside. Yeah, I do yeah, like yeah. the town more than this. Right. Um, right. But right. You, it just, it just, Right. Every time you see yeah. you like a little less. So um, the, having said all of that, this is a very effective action movie. And there are some things that still wow me. Like I forgot some of how great some of these car chases were. Oh my God. Like the, the chase between when the Robert Patrick, the, um, the liquid terminators in a truck following. Um, I forgot how good that scene it was. Is such an amazing, and it's shot so, so well. well, like I love the shots where it's b kind of below the action. You're looking kind of up at the t at the tires and and uh, and the vehicle or or the the motorcycle. It is so good. Um, that chase is just phenomenal. It's just and amazing. whatever that's called, I, I'm I'm terrible. I, I never lived out west. That um, the flood. Yeah, those are. Um, uh, uh, keep talking because I'll I'll remember the name of it. Uh, yeah, the, you know, basically it's uh, Edward Furlong's on a little moped and uh, Robert Patrick's in like this tractor trailer they're like aqueducts basically aqueducts yeah. yeah like these little like the, the flood uh reserves you know to, yeah. to protect against the flood uh that is i i mean that to me is one of the best scenes ever yes like action scenes ever it's like it's fantastic still, scene like i i'm always because i've never lived that west i've always been kind of fascinated with those every time i see the movies i'm like what like, that's in people's neighborhood it's yeah. very bizarre and, and foreign to me so then for cameron to use that in that scene to me is just like it's like catnip for me the, it's like oh this is a really interesting 
uh, yeah. way to shoot this. Uh, and it's br- and it's also just really smart because it, basically it's a road. You don't have to worry about cars. Right. So like it's a probably a really e- not easy, but it's an easier shoot than a highway. Oh yeah, you don't have to close anything off. Right. I mean, so it but it's but it works on every level. Yeah. It and does. then to have the truck smash down. I mean, it's just it's just awesome. It's, it's so it's good. Such a great scene. So look, this movie is a. I'm gonna end up giving this a, a B plus. It's B plus A minus for me. It's it, it, going wrong. This movie's. Just not. I used to think this movie was great. I'm not there anymore. Like it used to be in my top 100 a couple of years ago. It's not. Hasn't been for a couple of years. It's definitely not going to be now. It would certainly be in my top 150, 200. You know, it would certainly be in there. Yeah, but yeah. um, it's just, it's just not great anymore to me. But look, it's very good. If someone loves this movie, fine. I, I do think there's a. You have to kind of shut your brain off a bit. There's a little bit of an IQ. Of course, check yeah. your IQ at the yeah, door a little of bit of this movie. Um. So that's that starts to irritate. The actors don't have to do too much, though. That's I think it would be more exposed if they did. I mean, well, Linda Hamilton does do a lot. She, she's not she's really a, up to the task. All the time. She has some. She has some problems. She's not amazing, but uh, but she's kind of the only one. Everybody else, it doesn't really matter so much. I mean, well, Furlong's long, supposed to, but he's terrible. <sighs> so that's a problem with the movie. He has some problems too. Yeah, he's he not a good actor. Yeah, and he and he gets screechy too. It's really weird. It's annoying to. He's to hear supposed him to be screechy. ten, but he's really thirteen. He looks thirteen, so it's bizarre that he's ten. I guess they probably had to do that because they couldn't, because they were stuck against the time thing. They were, they were, and they were already in the future too. They were ninety six, even though it was released in ninety one. So there was there was that. No, he was they were ninety four or ninety four. Right, you know, it was released in ninety one. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. they had because they were so yeah. they were kind of so whatever. I'll forgive it. Um. But uh, Edward Furlong as an actor is not particularly good, especially he does get better as his career goes on. He's really weak here. It's his first movie. But the other two main characters are robots, so they don't have to do, they don't, all they have to do is look menacing and walk around. I mean, all, I, yeah, I think Schwarzenegger is actually quite good here. And so he's good, but he's, they're but both very reserved. fantastic. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, but it's not, it doesn't, they don't have to do but a lot of dialogue. There, there is not, some warmth with, with Percy's character and me, and um, so for him to exude that warmth and a character doesn't have warmth is actually very impressive. I guess you're right. Towards I was really the end, impressed with him here. Yeah. Yeah, no, he does good, but he doesn't. He's I just great. mean, he doesn't. You, okay, he's great. Yeah. Like for what that character is, like, oh, you know what I mean? Yes, I agree. Yeah. It's not like an acting tour de force between the two roles. I think your but. point is valid. I think it's more valid with Robert Patrick's character, where he really, he doesn't, you know, he, he's so stoic. Yes. And, you know, nothing, that's the whole yeah, point one of track his character is nothing's going to, yep. you know, uh, affect him. And then, you know, Robert Patrick is quick aside. Robert Patrick's a great fucking actor. He is good. Because you think of him here, right? And he's yeah. just this, like, this machine, you look at him that way. In fact, he almost got, he basically got kind of typecast because he's so good in this role. Yeah. But then you see him as David Scatino in Sopranos right. as this, you know, busted up gambler, um, this broken down guy who's constantly emoting. He's constantly on the edge of breaking down psychologically. Uh, and he's in fear at all the things that his character here isn't. David Scatino is and vice versa. Right. And he plays both parts brilliantly. Robert Patrick is a really underrated uh, and sadly underutilized actor. I think because he, he got typecast here. Well, and he was so old by this time. Not yeah. old, but he's like right. 30 he something, 33. Yeah. He didn't really have a break until this. This was definitely his break. Oh, absolutely. And then you're exactly right. He's typecast. So he is a stoic. Even his character, he was in the X-Files for a while too. Yep. Even that character's a pretty stoic character. But he came in at the end. He did, yeah. It was, tor- it was there. They, they were winding down. Did he replace down. the company? I think, I think he did. That's what happened. They needed yeah. someone so, else. I mean, the yeah. show isn't its last, you know, right. death rattle there. It's not his fault. It's just, no. he got a... And yeah. I don't blame him. Probably, probably a good payday. You know, like, hey, I get to yeah. do TV. Like like you said, he never got a real big break. So it was probably like, oh shit, I get to do this show. They're probably paying me a good amount of episode. Yeah, yeah. For a couple of seasons. Yeah. 
uh, you know, I, I might get some syndication out of it. It's already in syndication. Right. So you start, you know, your agent tells you that stuff. I don't blame Robert Patrick at all. Yeah, and, and a bunch of people were watching that show too. So it definitely kept him back, you know, kept him yeah. in there. But, but yeah, he he didn't, I know he had a small part in Copland. He had he some, did, he had some a, other. a really underrated movie that I would love to cover one Yeah, day. me too. I know. I do. We almost that. did once. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'd love to cover that movie. Yeah. Uh, and he did a few other, he, there was a few other movies that I saw him in that I, I remember, but he, he totally underutilized, I think is the right way to classify yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And but he's, he's fantastic here. And so is Schwarzenegger. They're both really good. Um, it's funny when they're, <laughs> it does say a lot though, when the robots are better actors than the, than the, than the humans in the cast. Kid actors. It's so hard with kid actors. It really is. I, I mean, and he was an unknown too. He was just, a, well, he, was, first, he was founded a boys and girls club. Like he's just had the right movie. look maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like what are they, why would you, at, at the time when this was made, it was the most expensive movie ever made. Not counting for inflation. Counting for inflation at the time it would, would have been like Cleopatra. Right. But, but, but regardless, at the time it was the most expensive movie ever made. Why would you have, you know, the second most lines out of someone be from someone who's never been in a movie before? Cameron's not the best. He doesn't make the best <sighs> decisions. He's 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 such a he has had such a weird career. All these tech marvels that he's done, and not a lot of like really good movies. I don't think. Dave, I mean, uh, Dave, Dave Kingman. You know who Dave Kingman is? He, uh, he's a baseball player. Played in the seventies and eighties. All he could do was hit home runs. Yeah, that's all he could do. He wasn't particularly good in the field. He wasn't. He he couldn't hit for a good average. He didn't even have. He didn't walk very much. But man, he could hit. Home runs like nobody's business. James Cameron is Dave Kingman. James Cameron can make a visually stunning film. He can. Like nobody else. Yep. But then things like character, script, other elements of movie making, he, he's completely lost. And this is our third, fourth Cameron movie. We it did is. Abyss, um, which I didn't think was good at all. Uh, first Terminator. The first Terminator, which was not good. I, no, we, we both liked it. it was I liked okay. it more than you did. It was I liked not good. It. I liked it I think more I said it was okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with that. It was not good. It was not a good movie. I like it. I, okay. I, well, I liked it better. It wasn't bad. It was okay. Did. Yeah. And then um, Titanic, which I liked more than you. Yeah, I don't like that. I like Titanic. Yeah. I, but I, not because, I mean, Leo's good, but not it's because the- Winslet's quite good. Oh, you didn't like yeah, Winslet. Yeah, I didn't like yeah. her. No. I, I but, the, but the whole boat thing is, but that's but that's impressive. It's not- The second half of the movie is great. Yeah. It's a great- a movie, the second half of the movie, but it's all visual. Right. Like, you know, for the most part. Um, the first half of that movie is, um, you know, it, it's, it's, just, it's, yeah. it's a lot of like stereotypes yeah. and it's, it's very cliche. It's not particularly good. No. Um, and then you have an, an avatar, which we haven't covered. I'm sure we will sometime uh, is the I'm ultimate, sure very soon. the ultimate expression of that, which is a visually stunning movie. When I saw that in the, th in the theater, yes. I was absolutely blown away with how this motherfucker looks, but it's a shit movie. It's a bad movie. I, I'm sure we're gonna. I, I'm that is one. I'm shocked we have not ran to that yet. I know it's so. It was so big. How have we not? It's, it was the because it was, and it's not even like it's super super. Re, it's not that recent. It was ten years ago, right? So we should. I know. It's, yeah, it I don't was know. in the box office forever. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm I'm stunned we haven't. I ha haven't hit it yet. Oh, we hadn't hit a lot of Marvel either for a while. So uh, we'll we'll get there. I'm well, sure we'll get there. Another Marvel we can cross off. The, the thing with Marvel though is you know some of the sometimes we have run into them, but it's been a sequel. It's like mm. oh, I can't do whatever. Right. You know, yeah. Iron Man three. If we haven't seen Iron Man two, yet, whatever you know. Yeah. So sometimes we have run into it, and we have That's to true. you know either void that week or we had to pick other things in that week. Um, but uh, but right, but like with Avatar though, it's just you know it's a huge movie. It was there for what forever. Yeah, you'd think we would have. Then again, it took us a long time to hit Beverly Hills Cop, and that was a huge hit for a true. long time too. So yeah, just luck of the draw. I mean, I know I know we'll get there. Yeah. We're gonna see we're gonna see all of his movies. I think. Uh, Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. We'll hit that eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. But we know what happened. We haven't seen Alien yet, though. And that was 79. 79, so we would hit it. 
Yeah. yeah okay. So, uh, yeah. Well, that, that's good. Uh, I look forward to seeing yeah. both of those. Because yeah. yeah. it'll be interesting. I haven't seen Aliens so in forever either. Oh, True Lies made a lot of money. I'm sure we're running that. Exactly. I think we're going to see all of them. And I think the Kingman example is a great one because he's only done like seven movies. That's it. So they're really well, he's got you know, two or three more avatars in the shoot, right? <laughs> Maybe three up to more. five. I mean, he's got two, he's got two that they've filmed and I, the release is 2022, I think for the first one. And then it's every two years after that. So the first, the next two are in the can, but then what a shame if right. I know it's just a waste, uh, but is it really, it's what he is. He's just a visual guy. He doesn't, he doesn't write, he doesn't write good stories. Although this, this is, is this his best one? I mean, aliens I haven't seen for, I love aliens. I have a, a huge, um, yeah, I haven't seen nostalgia aliens. for aliens, but uh, I mean, I, I don't want to count. I haven't seen aliens in a long enough time, but I, I, I think I don't know. I, I this is better than Titanic, um, yeah. but not by much for me, honestly. Oh, I think it is. I don't think so. I think it's exciting the entire way through this movie. Yes, yeah. where you have to get through the first hour of Titanic. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, but the, the problem is with the ca- some of the cast, and then the, the other issue I have it's it's a pretty major one. I don't like to get too much into paradoxes and things like that. But right. Okay, so Joe Morton, who's actually quite good in this, uh, it's a thankless role. Wait, who is it? Joe Morton. Which um, he's the scientist. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, Miles Tyson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, and he he's he's a very good actor. He's another guy like Robert Patrick, incredibly underutilized. He's in the DC movies now. He plays a cyborg's dad. Um, okay. but is uh, I think he's I think Joe Morton's a, re- a really good character actor, and I think he's very good in this. And um, he has the original Terminator's arm. Yes. Okay. He uses that arm and they found a chip. He the uses chip, that yeah. arm and that chip to basically create Skynet, which ends up leading to the destruction of the world. Yes. Okay. So if that's true, and he says in, in the movie, Terminator 2, he says, I based all of my research on those things. Yeah. Okay. So if that's true, then the nuclear war never would have happened because you need the nuclear war to happen for the guys to come back, right? You mean now that Miles is dead? No. Before the movie starts. Ter- oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see that you paradox. Need yeah, yeah, right. The Terminator. Right. John Connor wouldn't be important unless the nuclear war happens. This is pretty typical in uh, in sci-fi where they'll do that. Like some sort of invasion, some need- sort of something from the future comes back and but it creates need itself. To be. I'm not saying it needs to be. I'm no, saying this why is can't it just be Joe Morton, Miles, whatever? His um his research leads to Skynet. Why does it need to have that cute? Element of, oh, no, actually, it was the hand that did it. Yeah. Because if you just had it be his research, then there's no paradox. Exactly. It's a needless paradox. Yeah. There's no point to it. Yep. And it's like, all right, you know, and it, it, just, it was just frustrating to me. And maybe I shouldn't glom onto it, but it's just, it was really annoying. It's very, t- it is, like I said, it's very typical in, in, uh, I, I in, mean, I watched a lot of sci-fi, sci-fi movies. Sci-fi I don't stuff. remember too many thankless. I remember paradoxes happening a lot, but I don't know too many that are completely needless. Yeah, it didn't have to be. You're, you're yeah, exactly it, right. It was, yeah. com- it, was, it was like a cute, it was like trying to be cute. Like, yeah. oh, remember the first one, guys? It's like, uh, then, then the whole thing breaks down. So I, I have- He should have thought that through. I don't know why, he, he must, he's, got, he's got teams of people around him. Why wouldn't they have said that? We don't accounts, need to do this. he's very smart. Yeah. But he just focuses on the wrong things. Right. So stuff like that makes it like, I can't call this movie great. Like, yeah. Because it's, it, it's too stupid. And then Furlong's performance is dreadful. It's really bad. So I would not go that far. Oh. There are some scenes that he's totally fine in, and then there are some where it's just like annoying. But he's kind of a kid. He's just kind of a punk kid anyway. So I, I don't know. I can ex- I can kind of explain his character being that way. But no, he's I don't he's fine. I don't think he's terrible. I don't know. I don't I don't have a lot of uh, 
high hopes for child actors. I don't either, but it's just, but he's a major element of this film. Yeah, and no, it, he is. And it's, he is. it's weak. Yeah. Um, Linda Hamilton is physically really impressive in this film. She does this great she thing is. in the mental hospital where she's kind of like doing this like skip trot thing. She's yeah, gave, yeah, with the with the uh, the baton. And yeah, that, and, it's really yeah. menacing and yes. like, but it's also like really cool. Yeah. And she's so agile, and I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, she looks great. Like, um, so it, anytime she's required to do some you know physicality things, it's like it's completely believable. When she's just like even walking toward Miles' house and she has like the sunglasses on, and she's a gun, she looks like a psychopath. She's like, oh, like this is like legit. But then you know, Linda Hamilton is not a great actress. She's not. And I'm sure if they had their way, I know Hamilton and. Uh, James Cameron were married. Um, but if taking that out of it, and if she was never in part one, I'm sure they would have tried to get a more established, established actress act- to be in yeah. this role. She didn't do much. I mean, after, she she's in that Beauty and the Beast TV show was, yeah, for a right. long time. But that, yeah. I mean, that's a, like a soap opera, like a, yeah. a corny soap. I remember you know? watching it as a kid. But. Yeah, like, I mean, that's not, you know, I mean, she, at the end of the day, like, you know, and we see what happens after her career. Which after this is like basically nothing. Well, she has mental health issues too. I wonder how much that played into it. Sure. I don't know because uh, she she was critically acclaimed for Beauty and the Beast. It, she won Emmys for that show. So I don't I I don't think I, I don't think she's really a bad. Corny. Oh, it probably is really corny. I mean, because you've got what's his face in makeup and was it uh, Robbie? No, it was Robbie and, Benson. Is it no, it was, no, it was uh, the guy in the, uh, the real one. What the fuck's his name? Oh, the real one. The uh, cartoon, um, right? he played uh, Hellboy later on. Oh, played, uh, yes, yeah. Uh, what's his face? I'm gonna look it up. Right now. I'm gonna look at this fucking like that show. Uh, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yep. Right. Um, he did a bunch of. He did a few French films in the '90s that were kind of fun. But besides that, I don't really like Ron Perlman very much. He's okay. She was nominated for two, and she was I nominated she for an Emmy. Oh, okay. okay. Right. She didn't. Right, win. She I'm won. thinking like she didn't remember her winning Emmys. Um, Matt and TV is always always a mixed bag. Well, it's no, always, she was nominated. Come on, it's stuff. not that far off. It's she was nominated. Winning and nominated is a very big difference. How many people were nominated? You said she won a couple Emmys too. Yeah. Which would have been all wild. That's like a wild <laughs> a take. Um, she did host SNL, but it was a 91 after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which makes sense. No, I mean, Beauty and the Beast is a corny soap. I mean, yeah, I mean, getting nominated, I guess it's something for an Emmy, but I mean, it's not, I mean, uh, she, I'm not trying to say she's this world beater actor, but, uh, but she, it's not like she has no chops. Like she can do some stuff. Um, like that, that role made, she had to be warm in that role. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. And I, actually I thought she was, she, I thought she was good in Terminator 1. As a she's naive, a, yeah, she's okay. You know, gentle woman, and I and actually that's a that's a cool transformation too. Between that, it must have been shocking. See, I don't remember, but it must have been shocking for the audience to see her as a complete badass in this one. Oh, given yeah. what they knew of her from the first one. No, it, no, it was. I remember reading the the magazines and and stuff, and um, I was too. I this is kind of how I knew her was because I didn't really watch Beauty and the Beast when I was like seven or eight. Yeah, and then I was too really really too. I mean, I watched Terminator One on HBO, whatever, but I was really too young to really. Yeah. So I was really introduced to her. This I remember reading the magazine, the reviews and stuff, and it was like holy shit! Like the physical, like she's completely transformed. Yep. You see that word a lot. People were really struck by. Her appearance and her physicality in this role, it, it was it was like a big talking point. Um, I'm looking at, like, you think about your, your, you know, her career, though, she doesn't do a movie again until 94. She's in a movie called Silent Fall. Um, Which I don't know. Oh, Dante's Peak then, right? Oh, she's in Dante's Peak. That's probably the next big movie she's I in. Yeah. So, yeah. Which uh, which is, is a week. I saw that in- uh, I saw it. Uh, I saw the theaters in Cooperstown, New York. Did you? Yeah. When I was doing, we were, um, Brian and I went to the Hall of Fame 
and uh, my, my buddy Brian and I, and then uh, we had nothing to do that night. We were, just, we were kids. We, were, we weren't even 18, so we had, couldn't even get into a bar or whatever. So we just went and saw a movie. We went and saw Dante's Peak. Well, yeah. You needed your Pierce Bro- uh, Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, uh, uh, Linda Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but you think, and then after Dante's Peak, she's not really anything, you know, any no. major. Fi- I mean, she's in some stuff, but nothing that's like a. No, done some TV kind of yeah. here and there. I really do think it has a lot to do with mental health issues. Health issue. she, uh, she says that her two marriages broke apart. James Cameron one sounds especially abusive too, yeah, psychologically. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's been married like four times too. Yeah. Um, so that's a bad pairing. I think she's kind of manic. It seems like she'll get, she'll get like really up, but then things will take a turn and she'll get really down. So I, yeah, I think I, I, I don't, I think that's probably a, a big part of it. I don't more so than her chops. Like she could have been in more stuff, particularly after this. I guess I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I saying don't, she's I, amazing. She's not. Uh, she's, yeah, not it's like she's very good. Yeah, but she's she's um, she's, fun. she's married by the way. Married to Cameron from '97 to '99. So she wasn't married uh, before this. So I um, thought she. Was, I thought this was her second husband. No, it was her second husband. Oh, she was okay, only married to Cameron for a couple years. And yeah, then but he they were together with the girl from Titanic. Right, they were together for since like '91. Yeah, though, and they had a kid and all sorts of stuff. So um, yeah, but so, that didn't work. Yeah, look, when you say you love this movie, like, I do, am I yeah, missing I do. something here? Do you disagree no, with my criticism at all? I th- I, it draws me in like few other um, few other action movies. This draws me in, like right from the get-go. Um, I like the future scenes. I think they hold up. I think they still look good. You get the tanks and the flying stuff or whatever. Um, I don't mind the, the intro at all with Linda Hamilton talking, and then you see the flash, and it goes from light to dark, and then... Um, even like how I'm guessing, cause I have, I, I don't remember my first experience with it, but I'm guessing people didn't know what Robert Patrick was going to be because like, or who was bad and who was good. Did, did people know that? I can't remember what yeah, the advertiser was right. People, because you don't see him turn. You don't you that right. first confrontation between the two Terminators is fucking awesome as well. Yeah. And the mall, like that whole mall oh, scene too. Yeah. Such a it's great kind of a throwback scene to the first one too. Is it Remember really? they were in a mall. Oh yeah, they were in the mall. Yeah, right. It's a good. It's a good. Such an amazing yeah. thing, and where where you you're complete. You know, Arnold. He's so imposing, and like uh, you have these memories of him being the bad guy from the first one. Right. Then their confrontation happens. It's so good. It just draws me in right right from the beginning, and then the action is just so fucking. So awesome. I think I think that that's a great twist. I give Cameron credit for that to make Arnold. The good guy, but then yeah. like when Linda Hamilton sees him, she's like, "Oh, what the freaked f- out?" And yeah. she does a good job Total, there, and she's really right. Um, so like that's. That's a fun nod to the original because, you know, the future, right. You, maybe the robots do all look alike. So it is kind of a fun. So you have the mall, then you have the chase scene, then yeah. you have the, all the stuff that's in the, in the mental hospital, which is fun too. Yep. Where Robert Patrick walks through the, I know it doesn't look as amazing as it, it, it did does, at the time, yeah. but still, that's it pretty still badass. It still looks good. It doesn't, but when you first saw that, when we were kids, it was like, complete, holy shit. Complete mindfuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I th- I think it's all, and I yeah, I, lo- I like the end where where it ends up. Like uh, I uh, the confrontation there, at the steel mall. I I think it's all very it's good. exciting. Like, and I'm fun. probably maybe, you know I'm definitely being uh, maybe overly critical here. This is a very good movie. Uh, you know I'm gonna give it a B plus and give it a thumbs up. Um, but it just it the holes become just more obvious. You know. Yeah. Kind of you know the longer you live in the house, you start to notice it a bit more. Hard to do better for an action film. I think probably maybe Die Hard or something. But well, this- Die Hard's much better. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's. Like I mean, he's better. He's he's substantial. That's that a, that's better. a real different. Yeah, I mean, this is just as exciting as that one. I, this might be more exciting throughout. Exciting. I don't. I don't know if I'm. Uh, Maybe not for you. I I haven't I seen guess it I've forever. Seen, I, I don't even know if I say die. I mean, Die Hard. I haven't. I don't know if I say Die Hard is that exciting. Just because I've seen these movies so many times. Yeah. 
They, they don't, I wouldn't say either movie is terribly exciting to me. I watched it on 4K too. Uh, you could get, you could rent it was uh, my option for $3.99 or buy it for $4.99 on 4K. I was like, oh, I got a 4K TV now. Yeah. I'm going to motherfucking do this. And it looked amazing, sound yeah. amazing. The score is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just a much better, it actually par- partially Still could be. great. It really does. Partially could be that it's, uh, I'm not used to having 4K experience too. And so this is a great, movie for that yeah you know i realize that there are some issues with the with some of the visuals but for the most part it looks really great and shot really great yeah so that might be part of it too no the camera does visually is uh, visual stuff amazing uh for sure um but i have to just just think about my enjoyment of watching it and it was uh, really high for this one i I don't know i'm also just starting to just like to wear thin on action I said exciting. I don't know how to see. I mean, I, I love the car chase in Beverly Hills Cop. That was like, that was, I guess that was exciting to mm-hmm. me. But like the amount, like between that, you know, we just started that Star Trek reboot. There's like a lot of action in that. And I'm just kind of sitting there bored. I'm like, I don't know. I just yeah. don't, I just don't, I, I find at, like when I was, you know, 15 and I saw, you know, Terminator 2 for the third time, whatever. And I'm like, oh, this movie is unbelievable. Like, you're right. I'm on the edge of my seat. Even though it's the third time, so I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah. This stuff, I'm like, it's like, I don't know. All right. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's- Well, a, you're getting genre fatigue then. Or you've had I don't it. know genre fatigue. I think it's just like, I think you just value different things when you get older, like in art or whatever, or just in life as well. It's just like- Start I, to slow down a little bit. I get it. I don't know if it's that. I think you kind of- No, it's more just like, I've seen this. I've seen- uh, There's no stakes. Like, I know what's going to happen. It's yeah. the- It's actually, it's more of a wisdom. It's like, all right, I know how this is going to play out, even if it's a movie I haven't seen before. And- um. It's like, I know that the, the good guy is going to win. You know what I mean? Just kind of, I mean, but Arnold gets killed. Well, he, he on his well, own. For, he, well, the, but you think he's, I mean. Right. Well, you're right. You think he's dead. Right. Yeah. But I mean, then, but then he does die. That, but even watching now, you know that he's going to, were you really, he was dead there? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Cause I saw this is the second time I've seen it or the third like, time, fifth like, time. No, so. you know, he's not going to die. It's not going to be like how he dies. Well, it could have been. Uh, right. I don't know the time. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know about I, that. I mean, I, I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. I was 13. I don't know how I felt right, when I was of 13. Of course. No, but I mean, you watch it now as a 40 well, plus now year old I know, guy. Of course, That's what yeah. I mean. So yeah. you're like, all right. So then if none of the things have, you see that these things, the stakes don't matter as much because you know how it's going to kind of sort of turn out. That's what's fun about seeing movies where directors do take bold choices, like in, you know, like No Country for Old Men. Yeah, sure. When James Brolin just, you know, is gone the whole third act of the movie. That's not typical Hollywood. All, so you're no. like, oh, and the first time I saw it, actually, I didn't. I was upset. Me too. <laughs> and uh, you know, but after you know rewatches, you know, you kind of it's it was it was too complex, and yeah. you know, but then you're like, oh no, this is actually really interesting, intelligent filmmaking. It's changing how we perceive things, changing expectations. That's what you want. Now, something like this, I get it. Look, it's a popcorn movie. At the end of the day, it it's is. supposed to appeal. It's, it costs a shitload of money to make. It's supposed to appeal to everyone. It made a shitload of money. Cinema score was an A plus, and, and that's fine. I get all those things. And look, it's a it's a very well crafted film, but like I said, there is an element of this movie, and there's an element of this genre to some extent where you do have to kind of shut your brain off. That's kind of a shame. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Furlong, you mentioned too. He was in American History X. Yeah. I don't remember his performance there, but yeah, I do remember liking that movie. Yeah, he's okay. He got he got really into drugs. I know he did. Um, he had huge problems. He and got now, beat up his girlfriend I quite know, a few dom- times. Yeah, domestic yeah. violence. Monica Keener, who's great and undeclared. I'm sure you've never seen. Um, you haven't seen, seen Freaks and Geeks, right? Uh, f- maybe I've seen the first episode of that, but I have not oh, seen it. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks is, is a masterwork. Uh, Undeclared is fun. So Freaks and Geeks was the first show yep. uh, that Judd Apatow did, and then he followed that up with uh, Undeclared after Freaks and Geeks got canceled. Fox is like, listen, we'll let you have a half-hour show, 
And then Fox started to be like, uh, and then he he started not to get along with Fox in, yeah. in that show. But that show is uh, it's a fun like watch. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. It's a half hour. Yeah. It's a fun. Uh, you know, the older you get, the more it might be more annoying because it is college kids, and you really right. don't watch like college freshmen. Do you really care? But she's in that, and she's good. Um, but yeah, Edward Furlong, kind of his checkered past. You you know, fame we talk about all the time. Is it you know, especially when you're younger, is it too much too soon? Oh, and he had no concept of it before. He wasn't doing anything before. We talked. We said that earlier that he was. It's not like he was acting. He wasn't doing commercials. He wasn't in the theater. Theater like he was doing nothing. He was plucked out of the Boys and Girls Club, and into this giant movie which everybody saw. And of course, yeah, he's 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 like. He was super famous. And his tutor was like fucking around with him when yeah, he was a kid. Yeah, 15 year she old. She was an adult. She's like 28. That's and you wonder weird. like, eh, you see stuff like that. You're like, is she going after his money? Like what's going yeah, on that's here? Weird. That's like, that's shitty. So, you know, you have people that in theory should be, you know, have trust built and said they're being predators and, and you know, and, you know, you got, you know, you go into the wrong parties. Everyone kind of, you know, he's a big, this movie was such a huge hit. I mean, Edward Furlong was, you know, anyone you reckon, you know, you couldn't go out in the street. He'd be recognized. Yeah. So, you know, people are probably plying him with coke and heroin. And, yep. you know, it's not easy to say no, I'm sure, if you're that famous and everyone's just giving you free stuff. You're at these clubs and maybe you don't have a great support system. And it doesn't sound like it. And, you know, and then you end up getting, you know, Hollywood will just chew you up and spit you out. It's totally what happened to him. Yeah. Um, but you're right. There's domestic violence, not just once, a few times with yeah. a few different partners. So he's not a good. I mean, he looks like shit. Like looks he looks awful. Like, looks like he's been- he looks now, his credit, you know, or he, it sounds like he's worked really hard to clean up his life. I guess he's been sober for almost 10 years now. It seems like these domestic abuse things, ha- I'm not, but it seems like since he's cleaned up his life, it, it hasn't been reoccurring. I'm not saying that's, you know, but, but it looks like he has made an effort to make his life better, which, and his, that girl's not getting still with him. Um, so maybe they're, you know, they're, you know, he's figuring, he's trying to figure it out, but, um, but it sounds like his like, you know, what twenties and thirties were a complete, you know, complete mess. mess. Yeah. Uh, so you said uh, six Oscar nominations, four win. It was sound, sound effects, makeup, and visual effects. Was nominated for cin- cinematography, like you said. I was looking at this, and I don't remember. So the others that were nominated, I thought that this maybe should have won. JFK, I don't, I don't remember how oh, JFK looked. No, JFK is a really, really is it, interesting is it, is movie. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So I, I, I haven't seen that since the whatever early JF, 90s either. JFK is a really like wild movie. I'd love to talk about it. I know it's wild, show. but. It has like, it, it, but the way, I think the way it shot is really interesting. Is it? Yeah. Okay, so maybe that. Thelma and Louise and The Prince of Tides, those two I know and have seen more recently. Um, neither one of them I thought would, would was better than this visually. And then Bugsy was the other one on here, which I don't remember. Bugsy, uh, yeah, Bugsy, I haven't seen it forever. That's it has I think that old like classic gangster look yeah. to it. I, that, that's probably yeah. You know, I, I I like that. that didn't make a lot of money, but it'd be interesting to talk about it on the show. Uh, I talked about that, that William Goldman book, The Big Picture. Yeah, that talks about '90s cinema, and it's funny like leading up to that year, Bugsy was like the odds-on favorite. So he talks a lot about Bugsy. Like heading into the nominations is like, oh, everyone's saying Bugsy's gonna because right. Warren Beatty hadn't directed a movie in forever. So people were, I remember even being a kid, people were really excited for Bugsy. Yeah. It came out and just kind of like, you know, landed with that thud. Um, because this is what year is it? Silence of the Lambs. So Silence of the Lambs year, right? Yeah. This is Jimmy. You know, you think about some uh, horror movie Jimmy. that comes out in February ends up d- dominating the Warren Beatty Oscar bait movie that comes out in December. Um so, uh, oh, JFK, oh, Prince of Tides, I haven't seen uh, ever, really. I read the book because I, I did a contemporary literature course in high school. I read it, and uh, it's, it's actually a really, really great book. Um, and the movie's okay. And Lowenstein. 
Thelma Louise, uh, Terminator 2 has better cinematography than Thelma Louise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thelma yeah, Louise has some interesting shots. Ridley Scott and is do- doing some well, interesting things. Beautiful area, too. I mean, right. Yeah, you have the sort of the above car thing, and the, there's some. And yeah. it has that iconic end. Yeah. But the, they're kind of ripping off, uh, you know, uh, Sundance Kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, so um, that's that, that's not, you know. So, I, oh, no, I would put T2. Uh, JFK, though, I mean, JFK, I mean, I just don't remember seeing. I saw it probably once. So much. It's JFK is like all brains and like yeah. nothing. JFK is like a wild, manic, like coked out, like the ideas. Like, blah, 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 blah. it's probably like me on speed. Like, just like just insanity. And, um, but there's, but it's all intelligent stuff, but it's just madness. Yeah. Um, where this movie's, a lot of it's kind of, you know, kind of, kind of a big lumbering idiot. Um, but then it's just visually, you know, really handsome, dumb, big lumbering idiot. Yes, it is. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Anytime it's kind of a, a coin toss between like, you know, something stupid and something smart, I, I always kind of, I was kind of lean something. Yeah, smart. but not for cinematography though. Yeah, I know. But like I said both, if both movies are shot interesting, I'm going to give it to the better movie. Okay. I'm not saying JFK is a great movie, but JFK is a much more interesting movie than this. But this might be a better movie. I don't know. I mean, it, both movies have huge flaws. Um, interesting, they both came out the same year. They really are two sides of, you know, the same coin, if you will. Yeah. You're really beating up T2 on this uh, on this episode. It's a stupid movie. Uh, uh, no, no, but you uh, but for us, <laughs> you're beating it up more than you normally would for some a movie that you gave it a B plus or an A minus. Yeah, I will. Um, I am, I guess. But yeah. um, I, well, I guess that's what I, I this kind of this happened even with Pulp Fiction a little bit though. Like you see these movies enough times, and when you watch it again critically, it's like, oh, there's a lot of cracks here that maybe you haven't seen before. And the things that I love about it are things I've seen before and I've seen for thirty years now. So like. That the great car chase in that um flood ravine thing, yeah. res- yeah. reservoir, whatever the hell we're calling it. Yeah, flood ravine reservoir. I think is that's the right that's the right yeah, term. Yeah. That's yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got that right. Whatever the fuck that is. I'm sorry, not from California. The uh, aqueducts. Yeah, sure. Aqueduct. You're, <laughs> now you're an aqueduct. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the aqueducts. That, 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 I mean, that is amazing. So if I had seen that for the first time, if I had never seen this movie before and I had watched it the first time, I would just come in raving by that scene first yeah. and foremost, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but where I've seen that scene for the last 30, you know, years of my life, I'm not going to come in raving about that. I'm going to talk about the, the things I'm noticing for the first time. Sure. And that's probably not fair, but it may be fair because I'm guessing anyone listening to this has seen Terminator 2 a number of times. So. Yeah, no, and I think that's fine because you're pointing out things that maybe. I don't know. It's not, we're not going to just talk about the plot. That's not what we do. We're not, we're just like, especially something like this where yeah, everyone's seen everyone's it a million seen it, times. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, look, if you, you know, go watch, you know, go listen to rewatchables. It's like, Oh, I love this movie because this happened. That happened. That happened. It's like, all right, great. You know, that's fun to have that, you know, all kind of circle jerk about this movie that everyone loves. And that's fine. But, um, I don't know. I think when you watch a movie now that's older, I think it's, in, I, I think it's more interesting to talk about the things that don't hold up that are, and I'm not even saying like problematic from a Me Too standpoint. I'm saying or, or whatever racial issues. I'm just saying problematic from just simply an adult sitting down and watching yeah. a movie. Like what I wanted from a movie when I was 13 or 11 is different than what I want when I'm 41. I'm guessing most people listening to this show are closer to 41 than 13. So and, I goddamn hope so. Yeah, I know you're bringing in the youth. I know <laughs> That's true. I am hip. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on this movie? Uh, I don't know. Do, do you have any? I thought you might have more. Po- you haven't been very positive about it. You say, I mean, you say you, you love it and it's what you want, but you, 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 wanna, you, you haven't really been talking about my critiques here. 
No, I understand. I just, I, um, it's probably unfair, but I'm overlooking them. It's probably classic Cameron situation where it looks so amazing. And, and if you, so if you're not drawn in from the action, I understand that, but I am. Uh, it's not always the case with action movies anymore. I think I, I can totally see and agree that sometimes just we've done it, especially if you've lived through the 80s and it was those dumb action films with all the action stars, <laughs> Steven Seagal and Van Damme and then, you and know, even, even the, the better, better ones, ones. Like Stallone made some dumb ones. Right, I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you got Cobra and you got some... Like right. Over the top one of my, <laughs> one of my favorites. Ah, it was so funny. <laughs> movie about arm wrestling if you're younger. They really made a movie about arm wrestling starring still. You know he's ready to go when he flips his hat around. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, okay, he's a superhero. Uh, but a bunch of those, even you're exactly right with, even with some great actors in them, um, they were all doing it and then you just get tired of it. Van Damme probably made like eight of them in the course of eight years. And it's like, all right, well, Cyborg was kind of an interesting first one. Cause it was so weird and the character and, and it was so low budget. Uh, but then after you see a couple of them, you're like, this is the same fucking thing over and over. So I get that, but I also, I'm still able to just kind of it can draw me in and I can just kind of focus on the world. And this is such a visually stunning thing that um, I just enjoyed it. I, it was, I, got, I had, had more enjoyment from watching this movie than a lot of other movies we've covered, particularly recently. So, so you like this better than Beverly Hills Cop? I do. I yeah, do. See, I, 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 they're very close in my mind, but uh, they're very close. I probably, I might give Beverly Hills Cop the nod here, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's close. Yeah. Um, but I certainly, I don't feel like substantially one way or the other. Yeah, um, I don't, I mean, I wish I liked Beverly Hills Cop more. I was going in excited to see it again because another one I hadn't seen forever, but I, it didn't. You know, so this isn't like top that. 10. I like this better than Lethal Weapon. Yes. Um, yes, yes. So th- th- but this isn't a top 10 movie for you or anything. No, 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 no. It's like that next tier down here for you or something. Yeah, if I made a, if I made a top 100, this would be in it. I don't. Okay. I don't know where, right. but uh, it, it would be in it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think for the genre, um, even just, if you just not even the sci-fi aspect, if you just a, just an action film, this is one of the best ever made. I mean, I, I mean, there aren't, there are few that are better than this. I think, I, think, I mean, we haven't seen in a while. So that's the thing too. So I, we I always think something like speed. Yes. It's like, all right, I haven't seen that in a long time. That to me is a better action movie than this, but maybe not. Maybe if I watch it now, like I hopefully we'll run into a tune for this show. I wonder if I'll start to notice those cracks there. Also, we're going to starring see Joe Morton. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He I plays forgot. a cop. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ke- I'm betting Keanu's performance isn't amazing in that in that one, but we'll. Whoa. Oh, I'm sure. We'll, oh, dude. But I'm sure we'll get to it. If well, but we could say that this is speed might be better, but this is probably top ten action movies. I mean, there aren't there aren't that many that's better. That's it's just because there's and I, that, that's the other thing too is the action is interesting. Uh, cause it's in different places. It's not just like one fight. It's not just a bunch no. of fight scenes. No, it's uh, a car chase. Yeah. It's, it's in really interesting locations like the aqueducts. Yeah. And, uh, sure. the mental institutions in the mall. Yes. It's like all different places in the, well, in, even at the end, like the welding places. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. No, he doesn't look different. And, he does a great job with the, the different yeah. locations, which, which as you can, I'm sure you can imagine adds to the expense of making a movie like this. Like, you know, the studio, that's the last thing the studio wants is like six different action sequences, <laughs> six different, that. completely <laughs> different places. Um, the only good is they shot all this in California, thank God. Yeah, so they, yeah, saved, yeah. they saved some money there, I guess. But, uh, but you know, Cameron, obviously, between Titanic, this, True Lies, he doesn't care about money. It's no, just, he, he does not. He's going to get it right. Yeah. Um, but hey, his movies make money, though. Avatar, too. It makes money, though. I know. Proof's in the pudding with him. You can be like, all right, yeah, it's going to cost a lot to make, but you're going to make more. You're going to make like, more. Why are you in the business? You're in the business to make money? I'll right. do that. Right. And he's always right. Yeah, he has. And been. the thing I, with him is so risky because the one, except for 
did Abyss didn't make a ton of money, right? That was it, one didn't, it did yeah. make money, but didn't make a ton. The one thing with him, though, is that one misstep, if, like, Last Action Hero, like, completely tanked, or Titanic, his career is over. Gone. Over. Because it would have been such a... Because the risk was so high. Yeah. But, hey, you know what? He walks that title up, and he always manages, you know, since Abyss, you know, whatever, this late run of his, make iconic movies that make a shitload of money, and then also have huge returns on video and... Uh, you know, all these movies we still talk about that. And then and not only that, but then he Titanic wins best picture. So he helps with the award stuff. I mean, I'm definitely not the biggest James Cameron fan in the world. I'm probably not even the biggest James Cameron fan in this room. Um, but you know what? Like, you gotta give him his due. You do. Yeah. Uh anything else with this? No. We all know. Uh, so right off the bat, this is not a good song. No. Uh, Brian Adams isn't my favorite uh, musician, even of the gruffy musicians. Um, I think he's better than like Mellencamp, for instance. But uh, oh, uh, no. well, there I was uh, looking back through the songs, like some of his hits. The the yeah. prior album was a lot better than than this one, even though this outsold it, which is or no, the two albums before. Um, but. Uh, I just, I've never been a Brian Adams guy. He kind of, in that early 90s, that late 80s, really, that five-year span, or five or six-year span, maybe from 84 through like 91 or 92, yeah. he's kind of a, in our world a yep. lot, like on the radio a lot. And he definitely crossed over. You'd hear him, you know, you'd be driving with your mom and she'd have 95.7 on you or whatever. 94.9, 94 Adult Contemporary. Yeah, contemporary. He'd, he'd be on that. Yep. Or then your classic rock station he'd be on too. Yeah. You know, on HB or something too. Yeah, like of he's course. He's just kind totally. of all over. Summer just, 69 would totally right, be on that. Exactly. Um, or Run To You, like a bunch of those songs. So we kind of, we were inundated with Brian Adams. I always felt like he was, uh, I'm going to say this, but I, I don't know that I, I I always, I, I kind of felt like he was a more classic rocker than he really was because he just had that five or six year span that he was really big. Uh, anyway, so this song, how do you feel? You don't like the song, right? Oh, song, not only do I not like the song, Brian, if you took, I, let's talk successful people. Like successful. You, let's right. do that. Yeah. Okay. So if you took all the people who had like long successful careers, like, yep. do you agree Brian Adams had a long successful career? You know, yeah, yeah, right. Yes, right. No, yeah, right. So sure. say five years or more, yeah, yep. whatever, had a couple hit albums. Yeah. I would say Brian Adams is, might be my bottom 10 of artists. I don't like anything he's ever done. I don't like Summer 69. I don't like any I of those like songs. I don't like Summer 69. Run, Run to, to You is a good song. Is, I don't think it's a good song. It's his best song. Um, but everything else is either bad or like trash. Like this song is like trash. Like, like just like I would never, like if I go the rest of my life and never hear a song again, I would be very happy. I agree. I would, like I would, I would really, I would pay, I would pay $40. To, to never hear the song. To God. To, like, to never hear this song to like again. Blank this out. Yeah, like it never happens again the rest of my life. And yeah. So, you know, if I'm in a supermarket, whatever company, you know, we would never come out, whatever dentist off, whatever doctor's off, whatever you are. Sign me up. Maybe we can put a collection together, uh, some sort of GoFundMe. To like to finish like, the song. Finish the song like, from all airwaves. I want to put it in all content. thing in like Superman 1 when it's like the General yes. Zod record just album. Toss it into space. Like, but it only is the Brian Adams record album. It's just gone. <laughs> God. I'd probably pay $100 to never hear Brian Adams again. I would pay a hundred. Yeah, easy. Like a never in my yeah, life. Yeah, I don't because the the good does not outweigh the bad. I don't even really have any good for me. I know. No, Run to you is okay. not a bad song. Okay. Heaven's not a bad song for oh. a ballad. It's not that bad. Oh, it's not bad. 
But of the gruffy voice, he's def. I see. I put him above John Cougar Mellencamp. I don't really. But I just I have don't. issues with Mellencamp. Like I talked about with Kirk show a couple weeks ago. I just think Mellencamp is such a ripoff of Springsteen. He really is. So that, and nowhere like, near as good. That great. Oh no, nowhere near. And that grates at me. So that I hate Mellencamp. I don't hate. I dislike Mellencamp for different reasons, and I dislike Adams. Um, I just. But think- if I had to pick one, if you're like Chris, you have to listen to five songs by this artist. I would pick Mellencamp every day of the week. I wouldn't, five, be, I wouldn't be maybe happy five, about it. Maybe five. If we did five, if we did two, or maybe if we did three, I might choose Adams over Mellencamp. But because uh, I don't like, I hate Jack and Diane. I want to shoot oh. Jack and Diane. It's another sorry, pay money, never hear again. <laughs> yeah, that's a. It's just not a good one. And then uh, I can't think of any one Mellencamp. So Little Pink Houses is kind of like a borderline okay. I'm trying to think of any. Yeah, no, it's his, okay. Some of his stuff is oh, it's okay. It's, I mean, I feel like his stuff is Ain't okay. Ain't that America sucks? Oh, that's like, not, it's, sorry, that's not a great one. So then, uh, I no, don't there's, know. There's a few other ones that are okay. Uh, well, if you can think of them while we're talking, you tell me and all, and and maybe, Terrible maybe. But, I, but, no, but no, but I just can't remember any that I like more than say "Run to You." I mean, not it's not a good song, but like I just can't think of any. Like, the other ones annoy me. So okay, so Mellencamp, yes. sixty million albums. Mellencamp, sixty million. Adams. Well, he's huge in Canada. And Europe. Like, around the world. This was an well, this international motherfucking Unbelievable. Hit. So, you know, we look at the songs every week. I don't know if I've ever seen a song hit number one in more countries. No, there's something like 19 countries. It's crazy. I don't know if 19, something like that. It's crazy. I think it is 19. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. 15 million copies sold. It, it was- uh, 15 a, million of this album. Or no, 15 million of this song the album did 16 million based on the there's this song and then there's one there's uh the can't stop this thing this hit number two i don't even remember the song i barely remember it i know yeah i remember this is number two yeah it was a big hit but i it just is because it's so it's sort of like a million it's so so dwarfed by the other song like that's you remember um, everything I do. I do it for you from this time period. No, this album is Waking Up the Neighbors. Sold uh, only went to number six. That's the other crazy thing. This thing, the album sold 16 million copies, but only hit number six on the chart. Is it because everyone be- was buying the soundtrack? Yeah, I think it's that. And I, I also think, no, because 16 million cop- uh, copies of the album were sold. Of his album or the of soundtrack? His album. Right, but where, was everyone buying the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack, which this was also on, right? Uh, yeah, but that wouldn't have counted towards the 16 million album sales for this album. Oh, that, right, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think it was so, just it's such a forever. length yeah, of time. I see what you're saying. And also because of all the international stuff, like right. the time, it just, it, it, crazy that this never hit number one. Um, or the album didn't hit number one. So anyway, you were going to do- Mellencamp, a couple Mellencamp. ones, like that aren't- Aren't, you don't want to kill yourself with? Like- over cherry bomb is that that terrible yes i can't remember hurts cherry. so good hurts that's not so bad. i don't like it wild night i would hear again that's okay that's all right that's all right so that's five that's, okay. that's five songs then that's three more you needed i mean like your pro- dance uh. naked is, is is like i would rather hear dance naked than a I guess hurts so good is better than run to you Oh yeah! If I'm going top to top, right? Yeah, I I, I, I can I find like I, there's a few songs here. I don't I don't like any of these songs. This is not. This is a hard. That's a hard. But I, I don't think it's that hard for me. I, I'm I'm all in on Mellencamp. Mellencamp oh. versus Adams. Give me Mellencamp. Okay, I, that's Mellencamp, how much I hate Adams. Mellencamp, sixty million albums. Sixty million. How many for Adams? Because you're right, international and Canada. I the way yeah, I, I would have I probably would have said fifty before you said anything. So I'll stick with fifty. You're probably wrong. Um. 
Some uh, say a hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> it's not anywhere between 75 and a hundred million. I would take the over on that, honestly. That is so Because they don't track as well in some of the other parts of the world. Uh, when Brian Adams was asked, Ugh. like maybe 10 years ago, do you get sick of hearing everything I do, I do it for you, or playing? And he's like, of course not. What a silly question. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this song was written in 45 minutes. He didn't even write. I mean, he sort of wrote it. It was, uh, it's, it was based on a theme by Cayman, who did the soundtrack for, or did the score for Prince of Thieves. Also did what? Lead the Weapon and Die Hard, right? See, he's had a, such an up and down career too, because you're right. He's done some really great stuff. He did Brazil too, which is a really crazy yep. score. Those two, which you mentioned. But then he does shit like Prince of the Prince of Thieves score is not good. Oh, I think it's great. Mm. Oh, I love that score. They used to really? use it. They used it uh, for um, the World Series in 92, 93. The like, CBS would come into it. Yeah, uh, it would like. Did they really? Oh, they would like the intro of the World Series. Oh, actually, I did. You know what? I played that in high school. I played theme of Prince of Thieves in high school. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I guess that maybe. It's very okay, good. I apologize. But he wrote this fucker. Like he wrote it off, they wrote it off this theme. So maybe this I, I shouldn't, actually, this is not good. But so it was him. It was, okay, so it was Cayman and Robert Lang, who's a, <laughs> Robert Lang, famous for producing ACDC and Def Leppard, writes this piece of shit adult contemporary song in 45 minutes. They made their money. Sounds like it. It's a super simple, like complete, the song is like, it's such a, a paint by numbers thing. And then you got, you got gruffy voice and then, and then, then you're good. So, okay. But of the battle of the gruffy voices though, I take, he's, I still think, I still think Adams over Melanie, but it was no, over Melanie. Still, there. Okay. But then I put Rod Stewart above all, th oh, all you, three of them. Oh, you too. And I don't like Rod Stewart. I do much. like Rod Stewart. Which is okay. I, would, I, would story. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Not even, it's not even an argument. Different league. Different league. Different stratosphere. Yeah. Um, Albums for Rod Stewart. I, you know, he said a really long career, really long career, but really weird career. Like where the back end, eh. I'll say, I'll say 80, 250 million. Oh, <laughs> he's God. like a beetle for fuck's sake. We haven't, we haven't hit the, like we haven't, I don't know if I've ever heard well, that. Well, 250? 250 million. Yeah. He's uh no, it's the top of the top who, who are yeah. anywhere near that. I mean, some, we've definitely run into a hundred million. Like the weekend, I think is already at a hundred million. Drake's over a hundred million. No, that's like Beatle territory. But if you think about his career, he's been around. I think he's had hits since the late sixties. He had the faces first, which is every picture yep. tells a story. That might've been early seven, but then, you know, if not late sixties, like 70, 71 through even all for love. Remember that duet yeah. with, or trio with uh, sting, sting and, and uh, Brian Adams. They tried to recapture the kind of the magic. That was of for the song. three Musketeers movie, right? <laughs> was, which is actually a better song. I don't like it, but it's, it's a, a better, better song. It is I a agree. better song. Um, particularly not that, that section. Although they do something cool where they stack their vocals, which is kind of a neat thing. Um, <laughs> but, but even that, that was probably, that was early, uh, was that early 2000s? He's had a, he's had a good career. Oh, for, well, that, that, that sounds like 93, 94. That long ago? Yeah. All right, so I don't know. But I, uh, have I told you lately that I love you? He's had, he's had some like back Maggie half. May in 70s and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's we're all big. So 250 million. Wow. Um, and I take him above. I can't think of a gruffy, gruffy musician uh, that I like more than Rod Stewart. I don't know. You haven't named one. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tom Cochran, our friend Tom Cochran. We talked about him uh, a couple episodes ago, right? Tom Cochran. Uh, that's his name, right? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, right, right. The Canadian guy. But he yeah. only, I mean, he had two right. hits. But I still like him better than 
Brian Adams. Adams. Uh, Brian Adams is the worst. That second song, that uh, it's super poppy and cheesy, but the um, uh, what is that? Uh, highway. Uh, life is a highway. Life is a highway. I have a little bit of like for that. I Give me, give me, give me, give me. Yeah. I, I have some, I have some like for that song. I liked it at the time when better it came out. Better than Brian Adams. Is it better than? It's not a good song. It's better than Brian Adams. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Uh, so paint by numbers. Um, and then why is this song six minutes and 30 seconds long? The back half, the back two <laughs> minutes, two and a half minutes is nothing. They vamp on a couple chords. There's that barely even a guitar radio, solo. Though, right? No, it wasn't. But the, it's certainly in the video. But you can hear. But you can hear if you listen to the the album, you can hear where it drops off. Like usually radio yeah. edits are harder to distinguish. Yeah. This is so clear. They're like, all right, we've stopped here. Oh, now we're going to play again. Two minutes of basically nothing. Yeah. The one bright moment of this song though is, and it's a super simple, um, it's a super simple solo, but it's actually the guitar player. Keith Scott's his name. I know you're probably annoyed with it, but it's played really well. It's, it's a good solo. He's a good player. Good tone. I thought he was playing with a slide and he's not. He sounds like he's playing with a slide, he's not. It's hard to do. It's pretty. I hate, well, you also like that bluesy. You like a more, you don't mind the bluesy sound. Well, sometimes. if it's, I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan is one of the best ever. I, I love watching, I'll watch him in live shows all the time. It depends. I'm sure that might be challenging to do, but that sounds awful to me. Like, and, but also, uh, in, fair, in fairness, nice it. It, it has more to do with the song than the guitarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just... I try to look past the rest of it. He's a really good guitar player. Sure he is. And he's got, yeah, good technique sounds good. But that that's it. I mean, this it, it fucking won, won Grammys. I mean, it was nominated for a few Grammys. It was nominated for that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it made the yeah, movie a lot of money. It's right now, isn't it? 91. Yeah, but I guess not. Like, you know. I mean, it's 91 for sure. You're absolutely right. But it's it must not be the same time period. Exactly. Because, I mean, you know, we're covering T2. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Gotta be right. I mean, you gotta maybe so. have, what is this? No, this is in, when are we? We're in August. Oh, no. You're right. You're actually right, Matt. Um, we're doing uh, Dead Again in Terminator 2 this week, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, well, here's, uh, so number two that week was Child's Play 3, which we were <laughs> ineligible to cover anyway. Yes. Four was Hot Shots. All right. Should be fun. Five is Doc Hollywood. Should right. Would've been fun. Yeah. Six is The Doctor. I don't, I think that might be William Hurt. From don't know that one. But number seven, there you go. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I wonder if this did this come out. Maybe that came out earlier in the year then. Yeah, it must For have. For it to be seven, because it was a big that movie. movie too. This, is, remember, yeah. this is the end of summer, Labor yeah. Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. So you got to figure, you know, that could have, I mean, Christ, back then movies were in this, it could be in all, right. all summer long, especially a big hit like that. Right. You figure T2, you know, if you're going to the movie theaters in that summer, you were seeing mm. T2 and you were seeing Robert Prince of Thieves. Yeah, maybe Chucky 3 too. Who knows? And Chucky 3. Yeah, um, uh, the other, so kind of the last stuff I think with Brian Adams is so his big album was Reckless. That was the 1984 album where he had six fucking top 15 hits off that, which is like that's Thriller territory. That's what Thriller did. Wow. And that one, uh, so that one's got Run to You, Somebody, Heaven, Summer of '69. Those sold 12 million copies. Then he did in '87. He did Into the Fire. Did not do well at all. Sold 1.5 million albums. And he's like, I gotta, I gotta write some hits. I gotta make the hits. And that was this album, Waking Up the Neighbors, which outsold the Reckless album, even though it only had two really charting signals because of I Do It For You, you know, in the length of time that was in, that was at play at fucking junior high dances, uh, that sold 16 million copies. So that was kind of the end of his run. I know, yeah, I mean, it's had albums since, but I don't, 
Yeah, that all for uh, the all for love song right in '93, and I don't I don't really know any more Brian Adams after that. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I I I, I really I, I have a lot of you know. Like I said this is a lot of like mom mom music. They throw it on, and it's just and it's you, not you a just, good song. It's just rough. This it's just awful good. music. You know, you hear it in the car. You're trapped in the car, and it's just, it's just dreadful. Seven weeks of top ten. You, I was right. Right. Uh, you met nineteen countries hit uh, hit hit number one. Yeah, and it topped. European sales for eight weeks. Eight fucking weeks. European sales. Fucking nuts. Year end number one, decade end number 37. Had kind of a, I mean, people got sick of it because it's, it's, an, it's an easy song to get sick of because there's not much there. Yeah. But yeah, we still hear it. You still hear it though. Like it's, it was such a massive, like you'll still, like I said, you'll still hear it like elevator music. It still and gets played. Like it's still in our life on some level. Yeah. Which is depressing. Let's, let's start a collection. Try, yeah, to, let's try to get around. Banish Brian Adams. <laughs> Um, is that all you got? Yeah, I think that's okay. Um, <laughs> we've been trapped in this zone for so long <laughs> and it's tougher coming up with stories from your childhood. So I just thought I got a little montage of stories, if you will, about uh, my relationship with insects. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, what's you know, your favorite insect? Uh, I don't know if I have one. Okay. Ones that aren't. You're not a praying mantis around. type of guy? I guess, sure. They're so good. I don't, I, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, so, uh. When I, I remember I lived in Long Island uh, or New York until I was, until I was nine, you know, I lived in the city when I was a baby. And then I moved to uh, Long Island uh, when I was two and I lived there until I was nine. So they just, you know, you have fireflies and things, but you don't have a lot of bugs. Like, I mean, you know, most of Long Island when it was built, was built, not, you know, all post-World War II and it was built, they got rid of that stuff when they were building the houses. When, you know, when they, you know, one time Long Island was obviously very wooded and, and had, a, had a, but you know, they made it a sub- suburban landscape. They got rid of a lot of that stuff. So you just didn't really see a lot of bugs and stuff. Um, moved to New Hampshire. And I remember the summer, you know, so summer of 89, when we moved here, I was riding my bike. We lived on a dirt road, very rural. It was a big, uh, like, uh, it was a lake town, but then, you know, the, it was like a marsh that feeds into the lake. And we lived not, you know, not terribly, like a mile from that marsh. So I'm just driving oh. my bike around that, you know, around that area. And um, I see this, the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I immediately turn around on my bike and I'm just like riding back home as fast as I can. This bug is flying after me. I'm screaming. I'm almost in tears. I found out later it's just a dragonfly. <laughs> <laughs> but I never, I never seen a dragonfly before. So if you think about it, if you've never seen one before at all in your entire life and you see one first, it is actually quite terrifying. That's one of the least terrifying bugs it I can think of. It was a giant stinger on its back. No, it doesn't though. That's if a, you that, see it real quick and you're a kid from New York. It's like a little helicopter. I was, oh my God, I've no, uh, I, that was like one of like the top five most scary in my life. Uh, <laughs> and this thing, of course, chased me all the way home. So that was terrifying. Wanted to be your friend, want to shake hands? Probably like a very, yeah. So I, 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 that was, that was really scary <laughs> to me. And then, uh, so the reason I bring this story up is so, um, in, um, this would have been the first week of school for me at seventh grade. And seventh grade, we had two classrooms. We had uh, two teachers, Mrs. G and Mr. S. Uh, and Mrs. G taught like the language arts, if you will, like, you know, English and spelling and, um, I'm trying to think of what else. Social studies, maybe? Social studies and science were more Mr. S, but maybe she handled some of the social studies. He couldn't have handled everything else. Can't. Because math, I want to say, was like split between, neither of them really wanted to teach math. (laughs) Both the, like, Mr. S loved history and social studies. He was a social Uh, studies teacher. okay. Miss G loved English. So like math, uh, so like math and science. no man's land. Math and science were just like, fuck, yeah. like we're not gonna, we don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, which is fine with me. I don't like science either. So I was totally okay with that. Um, couldn't have been a more half-hearted effort, especially with science in, in my seventh grade uh, life. 
But we were doing uh, Shakespeare in seventh grade. So early Shakespeare stuff. And we were reenacting the plays. We were doing, I don't know, Macbeth or Hamlet. One of the plays yeah. where they all die at the end. And uh, I die at the end. And I had to lay on the floor for a while. And then I wake up and I, or wake up, you know, I was pretending to be dead. And, I, and then I get up rather. And I, I feel something pinching my leg. And I realized I had a tick on my leg. Oh, man. And I had never had a tick before. I'd never seen a tick before in my life. And uh, I ripped it out, which I guess you're not supposed to do. No, because the head stays in. But luckily, I guess I got the head out. I, yeah. I, I did it. But like, it, I was just, it was honestly, it was, I didn't even think about it. It was complete like panic. Like yep. I see something in my leg. I just ripped it out. I was like, I was like trembling. I was, I just never seen such a thing before, you know? Um, and it, so like, it was that's just like a couple of examples, of, like why it was just so hard to go from like, like Long Island to New York atmosphere to like a more rural time. Like it was a real struggle. Um, Mr. S, so that was in Mr. G's class. Mr. S's class, it's, it's kind of, this is, by the way, there's no rhyme or reason to these stories. I'm just kind of going. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Free-flowing free model here in my seventh grade life. Mr. S was kind of a bizarre man. Um, he, <laughs> he claimed, and he, he showed his video proof, I guess, that he was in the movie Jaws. Okay. So there's a part, I think it's the, I think it's the very end. See, the very, very beginning, it must be the very, very end, where um, there's two men on bikes. And they're riding, uh, they're riding on the road as the movie ends. See, the very beginning of the end, I'm sorry. I can't remember where this bike scene would have been. Um, he claimed he was in the movie. Okay. And, he sh- and so, he, so he brought in Jaws and like, he's like, that was me. But you can't see his face. It's like so blurry. Like he's, oh. he's so far in distance. But he had claimed earlier on that he was in the credits as man on bike. <laughs> but there is no, I've since checked. I was going to say, like, it, that'd be pretty easy to look at now. Oh, yes. Right. Well, this, remember, this is 1991. But I actually rented, I had my parents rent, it was one of the movies that was at Thorns, this convenience store yep. I talk about a lot, uh, that was four miles from my house that only had 60 movies. One of those 60 movies was Joss, who I rented it. His name was not there. And I brought what it up. What a goddamn liar. I brought it up in class, and he did not like that, you know? <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah, he doesn't he, like to be yeah. challenged by no seventh grader. No, no. I'm, probably, I'm sure I was annoying about it, too. Uh, but Miss, so we, you know, whatever. Mr. S was, like, kind of, like, the cool teacher. But, like, yeah. if you look back, you're like, I don't know if this guy was that cool. Right. And then, um... We must have been, it must have been even the year after we graduated high school. So like five or six or seven years after we had Mr. S. I guess. Because my sister was in school at that time. Because my sister is seven years younger than me, eight years younger than me, uh, if you go by grades, because they, because in New York. The cutoffs, yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to say she, maybe it's like five years after, whatever. He had a, like a mental breakdown in class. Mm. And he was like, he was like he was on the other side of the classroom. He got his eraser. He picked up the eraser, walked across the classroom, chucked the eraser at the chalkboard, I guess, and was like, "I'm." This is the middle of the day. Like, I'm done teaching you assholes. <laughs> like, like almost like fuck you all. I don't know exactly what he said, but was swearing was involved. And he got in his car. This is like April, and he left and never came back. What? Like, left middle. Did, did, you, did you ever hear the story of what precipitated that? Did it someone were people mouthing off to him or just? I got very all. I, all I know is that he was gone. Yeah. I asked why he was gone. That was a couple different versions of the story that I heard. And they all kind of resembled that. And he was gone. Like he was gone. And on the chalkboard, just one word, Jaws. Jaws. Man on bike. <laughs> man. Uh, but he, he was, yeah, he was gone and he just left. Uh, yeah. And he never, never came back. I don't know what, I think the rest of the year they had to like fill in with like different subs and stuff. And then he was not on the roster. I think he ended up getting a teaching job somewhere else. But I always felt like he was never happy. He, he was like, he seemed to have like got inner angst. Mm-hmm. Like he was never happy like being a junior high that's like a shit job. Social studies teacher, like history teacher. He wanted to be like a, um, like a, like a high school, like social oh, studies teacher. Oh, he wanted teacher. to move up. 
next level. I think, or maybe a college professor that dealt with like history or something. Cause he would be really passionate about that. But in other things he just like didn't give a shit about. Yeah. And like, but you could see the angst, like in like, sometimes he would get like in a bad mood, you know, cause we yeah, spent yeah. half, cause we only had two teachers. We'd been half our day with him. So what would he do the other half of the day? Did he teach another group of we kids? Flip, yeah. We had two oh, classes. Oh, I see, I see. So I see. we'd swap out. Right. Um. So, you know, he spent half your day with this guy. I had, a, I had a lot more teachers in, in junior high. Than I know, every, but we only had, our school was so, so small. small. We had two, you know, we had 38 kids in my class. Yeah. In my grade rather. So 38 times, and we only had three grades. So it's like a hundred kids. Yeah. You can't, there's not yeah. a lot you can do there. Right. Cause they try to do that my first year in sixth grade. They tried to have us go from room to room, but like it, scheduling was a disaster. Cause like it just didn't, didn't make any sense. So yeah, it was a, um, it was a really small town. Yeah. I probably had some re I, I'm, I'm guessing I had probably five teachers, uh, all at the same time in seventh grade, something like that. Maybe one I would repeat or two I'd repeat, like my homeroom and something else. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on that guy. And but I can't imagine. Like, I've never, I've never once stormed out of a job. You ever, I was going to ask, have you ever stormed out of a job? I, um, no, I got, the angriest I ever got was I was working for Gary's Beverages in Portsmouth. Okay. Gary sold the business. I yep. liked Gary. That's right, that's right. Interesting guy. Talked about Gary for you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, um, an Indian family came in and bought it. And, um, they, like, I was supposed to be, uh, I was supposed to, I was, Gary had promised me some things right. and they didn't fulfill it. And I got pissed. Right. Um, and then I like kind of quit the next day. Okay, how did you storm? Like, did you I storm, didn't storm out? No, I didn't storm out. I like, I gave them shit. I was like, you're not holding it up. You're, you know, like uh, whatever. I, I gave them shit. And then I left and I quit pretty soon thereafter. I think. So no I storm out. I worked at a honey baked ham for a week in Saugus on route one. Okay. Okay. So I was, um, this is, I was doing temp jobs. Um, I think I talked about one of the temp jobs, the law office. I think I talked about that on the show before. Yes, you did. Yeah. This was during that stretch where I was just kind of like looking for temp jobs. Didn't know what I was doing in my life. Just kind of like trying to figure it out. Uh, and I was honey baked ham needed pe people to help for the week leading up to Easter. Mm. Okay. So I go in there and, um, it's like incredibly hot. Like it was like, you had to take this ham and then you had to put it in like this machine that would, um, would cut, cut, you know, how it has that swirl. Oh, right. They're famous for having like their ham was like, but like you had to like pick up the ham, put it in this, in this thing. And like, and it would cut it. And like, I'm a pretty scrawny guy. So it was pretty heavy. And like, but you see some big guys like struggle with it. It's like, yeah. cause you had to do it like all day. I'm like, and then you would cover it in like flour. You also had to do stuff with flour and I would come home. I was just caked in flour. Uh, no, it was no. like worse than KFC. I talked about that. So it was yeah. like, and I was supposed to be doing it for a week. You do it Monday through Friday. So by Thursday, I was actually just so tired of like picking up this, these hams. And I, and I was just like, hated it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to like, I, yeah, I could use the money, but I figured I already got the money for the four days. So I'm like, all right, like I'm just, so I ended up just like doing a no call, no show on that Friday. It's the only time I've ever like done like a no call. No, like just like completely yeah. just tapped out. But they, you know, we wondered when we got there on Monday, we had like way more people than we needed. And sure. You'd start like by Wednesday, you'd see like half, you know, like, so I'm, I'm, you know, but they hired a lot of people because they know, I'm guessing so much more production happens on Monday and Tuesday and Friday because everyone quits because the job is so thankless. Uh, it's so horrible. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, there yeah. Been, I've been some, I've had some, like, uh, Creamland in, uh, in, uh. <laughs> oh, yeah? Did you, like, did you like it over there? Did not. Uh, in, yeah. uh, in Manchester, actually, they were the dairy bar type yeah. of thing. But at the end of the night, I, th I mentioned that, I think, I think this before, you had to take this big cube of fat and stick it in the fry later to clean the, uh, clean the fry later every night. It was the worst oh, job. That's rough. Worst job. I did that for one day and left. Um, I worked, there was a, a tent, a tenting company in Exeter, Exeter rental. Maybe is what still it was. Exists. maybe they still exist. Uh, I did like tenting one day and I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And then I quit, but, um, there've been a few bad jobs. Creamland. Creamland. Isn't that a ridiculous story? Kevin a ridiculous Bristol like that place. Yeah, I'm sure he would.
Did you get you get often get out? Well, you only worked there one day. I was only there one did day. You get, did you get some in your face? Never. No. <laughs> okay. Walked out of there clean. Uh, my <laughs> buddy Ben worked there for like years. Like that was a summer job. I'm like, how could you? Or is is like his oh. in high school job? I'm like, how could you do this? I have a few <clears throat> stories I've been sitting on of similar type jobs I worked where like it didn't go up. But like a couple of my friends got like, same thing. They worked yeah. there for a year. You're like, I. How could you? Like this is like. like I don't. I'm not putting my hand. This in is this fat anymore. Like the, the, I can't tell you how bat cubed fat. It is this. It's like a foot and a half by a foot and a half by something rectangle of fat. You unbox it. You have to lift it up and stick it in the fry later. And you just there's. It's the hardest thing to work with because yeah. it's super it's slippery and it just gets all over you. You cannot wash this bitch off. It's just it's so bad. McDonald's had oil and so did KFC. Had so you just poured it oil. In? Yeah, it, but it came because it was a um, you know, it's all corporate. So it would come in yeah. like a, I remember it would come in like uh, it would come in like a cardboard box, right? Like individual, like a box around it. But inside the box was the plastic jug. But they must do that so maybe it's easier to hold and grasp. Maybe, it's probably yeah. for safety reasons. Yep. And then you would just like, but the McDonald's though, um, we didn't do the, we didn't change it out very much ourselves because we had like a special. Every McDonald's is a special janitor that comes in late at night and does all of the high like end, deep like deep cleaning, yeah. but also like certain things that the machines have certain things that need to be cleaned. Oh. And like I think like some of it's like heavy machine. It's dangerous, yeah. so they don't have us kids do it. No, it's makes so sense. Every McDonald's has like that that like janitor slash special machinist guy that goes in at night and handles that. And he handled a lot of the right. disposable. But sometimes you would do it yourself though, for whatever reason. And um, I remember, but you'd have like in the, in the back area where we kept all of our, you know, anything that wasn't like a, you put in a freezer, you know, yeah. Uh, you, or the, we'd have it with walk in freezer, walk in fridge, but any, that wouldn't be in there. It was near there. And you'd have like, just, Oh my God. Uh, dozens of these jugs of oil. Yeah, I it, it it was the worst thing because so you work all night. It, this was a night job. You'd work all night. You'd stop serving the public at say I don't know eleven o'clock at night. But then you're dealing with all this cleaning and the and and swapping out the fry later was such a pain in the ass. You'd be there for a couple hours cleaning after it was done. I'm like I'm not awful. It's like it's really awful. It's not the end of the night. Yeah, you know what I mean. I got to keep doing all this shit. And I've worked at I worked at restaurants before that. It was my first job when I was fifteen. I was working at a restaurant, but I was a host and a bus bus boy sucked. But but at least you're at the front of the house. You're not like got food all over you and fucking swapping out fry later. Ugh, it's disgusting. I know but- like on KMS, they said, just, Justin had said that the reason that some fast food places taste different than other ones is because of the oil getting absolutely. changed out. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, you get, right. Uh, if you ever taste fry, say you're at a, a, a fish restaurant and you taste for your, your fries start to taste like the fried fish, they're not changing out their oil very frequently. Um, sometimes I tasted it at McDonald's too. Uh, the, the, the fry oil will taste a little bit weird. You can absolutely, that absolutely is causes a, um, a big difference. In the, and in Steve's the quality. trick on the show of getting a fry with no salt. That's a great idea. That, that happened all the time. Oh, did at it? McDonald's. Yeah. People, and people would do that. You knew why you're like, oh, it's such a pain in the ass to like the step. Like, but you get, sometimes you get cold fries. It we'd sucks. be so annoyed though. I'm sure like, you would. I'm and sure. sometimes you try to be like, listen, man, it, it, if it, it just came out, can I just give it and be like, no, no. No salt. And then, and sometimes they'd be assholes. They'd be like, actually, you know what? Can you put salt on it? You know <laughs> Dick. I'd be like, it's right, right behind you, buddy. No you salt, but can you give me the, the, salt, yeah. the salt packets? Um, yeah, uh, no, people, people do that. I would say at least a few times a week, people would go in and do really? that to get the fries piping hot. I mean, because it does taste so much better. It like, does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, oh, yeah, Kirk said it on the show, right? Hot is like the thing that matters I agree. most with, with I fast food. I 100% agree. agree. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the, that's going to be the game. I mean, when I worked at McDonald's back in uh, 97, 96, we would, um, you'd, we would not do orders. Like you wouldn't make, wouldn't be like made to order. 
So like, let's say you knew lunch is coming in. Yep. So we would have the stats from last year by how many things were ordered and what was ordered. And we'd be like, all right, so I know I need 37 hamburgers. I need 65 cheeseburgers. I need, you know, uh, 20 Big Macs. And, you know, we'd make all that stuff from like 11 to 12. And then yep. from 12 to 1, we'd sell it. But like, it, you know, at 1 o'clock came, you know, we were supposed to, in theory, throw everything out for 15 minutes. Nah. Like, I know for a fact, like, you'd come in at 4 o'clock, way after the lunch. Like, you, and like, you'd go to, like, I was doing counter, and you'd pick it up to go serve it, and it felt like hot. Like, yeah. If your bun ever feels hard, it's been sitting there for hours. It's been sitting in, like, a warming station yeah. for hours. Yeah. And we've all had that hard yeah. bun. That means it's like, it's, like I said, probably like, I know I've given, I'm sure I've given up burger at like three or four hours, five, five hours old. I would say KFC, if you go there at night, like at nine o'clock, right before close, whatever you're getting was made like six hours ago. Like they make stuff at four o'clock and they start tearing down and because cleaning that grill, like Matt said, such taking pain. all the oil such out is such a, is such a such process. I think mean, cleaning all that flour and all oh. the stuff that goes in. So, I mean, if you order KFC... Flowers like glue. It's if it you is. go in, like, right at last call for KFC, you're getting... You're fucked. You're getting old, old, old shit. If you I'm, go in there for early lunch, you're getting hot. You're getting, like, the freshest stuff. Best time to go to KFC is probably, like... Probably, like, 11.30, I'm guessing. is probably yeah. the best time to go. Because if you go at 4, you could run the risk of getting the last stuff from the lunch or the first stuff for dinner. So, you might... you could That could be a dangerous right. game, too. Right, right, right. Well, some fast food tips for our listeners. Now you know. Uh, anything else with that, or you want to talk about uh, the headlines? We can go headlines. Okay. All right. So we have um, uh, so there's one headline that just dominated the week. I mean, we're talking giant baseball the entire week long, uh, and Soviet Union collapse. Um, this was when the Soviet Union was just was just all falling apart. Countries were trying to get their um, their was it sovereignty? Sovereignty. Um, um away from uh, away from the the Soviet Union. Uh, all week long, talk of Gorbachev resigning. There was the fact that one day that the Times had it wrong. They were saying he did resign, but he didn't quite resign yet. But then he kept like threatening to resign. Um, leaders were pleading with the Ukraine to remain in the Union. Ukraine mm -hmm. was one of those kind of tipping points. Yeah. And by the end of the week, uh, Bush uh, granted recognition to the Baltics. Yep. Um, so, you know, once these countries were kind of gotten, got that recognition and at that point, then it was, it was, it was, well, it was, over, it was over. over. I mean, it was over. They were rotting from the inside. They couldn't, yeah. uh, this is a, maybe I've said this on the show before, but this is a classic case. Um, people cite it was the armament, uh, the United States, you know, getting more and more nuclear weapons and, and producing a lot more, um, military equipment is what triggered it. But no, it's because it, it was Soviet Union. There was part of that, but it was also, Soviet Union could not keep could not pay for infrastructure anymore because communism just doesn't work. You can't you can't manage an entire country that's so big, it's so vast, it's an entire continent um, from one place in Moscow. You you just can't see what's happening on the ground. You don't see that this person over there needs this widget from that one location in Moscow. So they they just completely collapsed because they ran out of money. Um, and yes, the military having to ramp up their military contributed to it, but it, that wasn't. It, it really was just you know decades of of not being able to pay for infrastructure and their people were starving and they couldn't they just couldn't do it anymore it was pretty wild um the headline in new york times which is not known for their it's not like the new york post they have these like inflammatory yeah, yeah. headlines but the headline was uh communism dead i was like oh, that's pretty wild yeah headline particularly because it was you know it dominated the first that first part of our life i mean oh yeah i mean i remember this time magazine um cover time or newsweek one of the two and it had, uh, I remember seeing it, I was like four or five, uh, and I was, it scared me a little bit. 
and it was the uh, Soviet Union flag was like way in front, yeah. and the U.S. one was way in back. And like, oh, we're, I think the headlines like we're lagging behind, we're behind, or something like that. It was just clear that you that the USSR was the superpower and we were not. Yeah. And this magazine article, I remember being really upset by. It. I'm like, oh my god, cause yeah. I, I thought America. You know, I'm like, I don't want. You know, I was afraid. It was scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, if, you know, as children of the 80s, Matt can attest, like, I mean, think about like, you know, it's goofy, but like Rocky Four, but like yeah. the Russians were the bad guys. Like, that really was were. like how the Russians were, could at any time drop nuclear bombs on us. Like that yeah. was how we were brought up. Um, and there were scares from decades earlier. You think about like the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yep. I mean, uh, you had uh, what what now we think of as a very close, um, that, that a, uh, a Soviet um, sub- was told to strike and that the captain of that ship or, or someone in that ship decided the like they lost communication and they just decided, Oh, we're not going to do this. Like, let's wait to have a, to make sure that this is legit. Um, and good thing they didn't like we were, we were, we were close on a couple times to uh, nuclear annihilation. Um, and even though we didn't experience that as a kid, like the shadows of that through right. our parents and then you're right. All, all news, media news, news yeah. it was all, it was all about that. But um, Wind of Change, that song, Scorpion. Uh, the Scorpion song was about the, uh, the Berlin Wall falling and, and um, kind of the fall of communism, is shares with I Do It For You, um, uh, the, 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 I don't know, the novelty of being um, like the, one of the top 10 songs sold ever. Hmm. Uh, they're both on that top, yeah. top 10 list um, over, as over 15 million copies sold. So I, uh, sometimes I do a Wind of Change. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's just keep that side. <laughs> keep it outside. Sail away. Uh, uh, Carl Lewis, 100 meters. Yes. Mike Powell, the long jump, broke records in the U.S. World Championships. This, of course, leading up to the 92 Olympics, but they both had um, some good weeks, or a good week that, that week, I guess. Yep. Uh, and then at Union Square in New York, um, I, which is a pretty big subway station. Um, it's obviously Union Square is a big area, but the subway station has a lot of connecting trains and stuff. So yeah. It's pretty, pretty heavily traveled. Uh, a drunk subway motorman crashed a subway, killed five people, injured 200. And this ends up prompting the MTA to conduct random drug and alcohol testing. Um, and because, uh, I mean, think about it. You know, you're in a subway. You really are at the mercy of this motorman. You know, you don't, he's faceless. He's nameless, you know. And uh, you don't, you know, it's, it's, I guess pilots are too when you're in a plane to some extent. But it's just different. I don't know. You, you, you Sometimes you forget like how much you're putting your life in somebody else's hands when you jump in a subway. Yeah. You are, but you don't, you almost like don't even think about it. It's almost like a machine. I don't know. Well, it's kind of hard. It's to so f- impersonal, I, would, I guess. Maybe this is a bias, but I would think it's kind of hard to fuck up the subway. Like don't go too fast and jump the track or stop when you're supposed to stop. Go when you're supposed to right. go. Right. It's, it's a lever kind of you, cause you're not steering. You don't have to worry about, uh, element like weather elements, not like, you know, right. some other modes of transportation. No, there's I'm not going to be other, if, if everything's done right, there's no other cars and the, there's nothing in the way. Right. But if you don't stop though, but if you don't stop. Yeah. yeah. Or you speed up too much or you speed up too much. And, that's kind of it. Yeah. It's, it's speed. It's, a, it's two pretty big things, you know, I agree, but it's not, but that's what you have to pay attention to. Not right. like a million other things at the same time. They mad, mad belittling the subway. I, motor am, man. I am. So if you're a motorman, uh, you should, uh, you're a big motorman audience. So, <laughs> <laughs> upset to hear this. No, I don't believe that little of that at all. But I, I see, like, if you're, if you can focus, I, I'm sure there are some who do better jobs than others. But this drunk asshole just couldn't figure out how to. Next time you get on public level. transportation, I hope they never crash going again. For you, never. see how easy this motherfucker. No, now that we've talked about now, because now they're out to get me. Well, sounds like you're taking the train to Jerry's uh, new studio. In I don't think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sir. You'd be uh, riding the rails, my friend. You and Joe uh, Biden, baby. Oh Jesus! You'd be riding the rails. Me and Sleepy Joe. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's pretty well, good, right? Maybe he'll let me put my head on his shoulder. I'll sleep along with him. Oh, that's good. Look at that yeah. sleepy. Look at you're all, you're you are prime, my friend. You are ready. You're I'm ready totally ready. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this, Carano. <laughs> um, uh, it's convenient, yeah. Durham. That we have a station right here in Durham, so it's convenient. And uh, right next to it too. You know, either or. You know. Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, that's what. It is very convenient. Very convenient. And it brings you right into North Station. It does. Um, and it, uh, Laura would take the train to work a lot when she worked in, uh, she worked uh, in that general area and she yeah. would take the, take the train. Uh, and she loved it, but I mean, it's not, you know, I, I, I prefer it than driving in. If I were you, driving into Boston and parking in Boston would be a nightmare. Yeah, I think that there's a, one of them's the lesser of two evils. I don't know which one yet, honestly. Mm. Cause also the the train's expensive. It is, I think it you, is you said twenty. Like I think you're right. It's yeah. something like you can you can get a uh, month pass. I think it's yep. like four hundred bucks a month. Yeah. so it's kind of. Uh, it's not cheap. Not cheap. Um, and depending on the Wi-Fi, I guess if it's that much and the Wi-Fi is good enough for me to be able to do some stuff, I know it can be spotty, but if I can do some stuff there, then maybe it's worth it. I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to happen is I'm going to convince him to go north. That's what's going to happen. Let's see how good your sales <laughs> tactics are. He doesn't listen. So uh, we'll, we'll, no, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, though, in a few yeah, months we'll, we'll where, where we end up. We'll yeah. see if Matt, Matt. We'll see if he gets frustrated with Boston prices. I understand why he wants to be there. He kind of likes a, I, I think he similar to me. I like a view. Like I like being in a location with that's kind of got a, a nice ambiance. Well, <laughs> if there's a place with windows and he's downtown yeah. or something, I think I think that's inspirational. I think that's part of it. And then also write the potential draw to get people in if there's. Because there, are, you know, Boston's a it's a major city, so there are people who you know do stuff, whether it's in sports or politics, in Boston. So maybe it makes it easier for them to come in. I, I get his his rationale, but we'll see how he feels about the price tag that's associated with that. We'll see. I was eating in New York. Uh, we had my buddy Brian again. Brian comes up again. We were eating uh, at a restaurant in the, right right in down right in Midtown. Yeah, and um, <laughs> we're eating. We had a we had a, a booth next to a window. It was me, my, my ex-wife, and Brian were, were just having dinner. And uh, this homeless guy is out, outside, you know, he, yeah. on the outside. And he takes off his pants <laughs> and just starts, like, dry humping this, like, cardboard box. Like, I guess his bed area. And he, he's just really just, like, rubbing, like, rubbing hard. He's getting up and, like, it's kind of, like, chafed. And he's going back at it. And just, like, like this is some view. You know, this is unbelievable. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I don't know if I'm really hungry anymore, you know. And you you asked you asked to move, you know, and you got to do that whole thing. And the guy's really going to town in that box. <laughs> Should have like people, but not like, not not you know, say going to town in a box, but it's actually just a just a just cardboard, a cardboard box, box, right? Yeah. And uh, they have people running around the city with like little spray bottles, and when people do like that, you just. Just spray them. That doesn't dehumanize them at all, Matt. That's nice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what do you? What, it's raping it's, a box. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> dehumanizing. Box, box didn't you know, said. Yeah. <laughs> he seemed to be getting the worst for the wear. I he would was, bet. Yeah. Yeah, I would bet. Not yeah, a lot he, of lube. Is, is, you know, and he didn't even really care we were there. He kind of, you know, give us a glance now and then and just go right back to the. No, I think he liked, I like, he liked being observed. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah, it's probably some of that. I don't know. There's a lot going on with him, I think. I mean, I'm sure he's alive. I'm sure he's not dead. Probably has an OnlyFans only now, right? Ten years him in a box. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he's doing quite well. But yeah, that's, that's when I ever hear a view, I think of a, you know. You, you think of the homeless table man. with a view. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what you guys will have. Uh, perfect. That'd be great. Uh, so we're back on, oh, Patreon, Dead Again. Interesting movie. Check it out if you haven't seen that. Um, Get tickets for the live show, baby. Oh, yeah. Live show, quantum-week.com. You can get them right there. That's exciting. And then um, we're back next week with, uh, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. All right. 